Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. the kingdom mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the kingdom of God according to his sovereign will for mankind to remain in his covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment Inc. Here you are now as we listen to the clarion call of the chauffeur's blowing. And uh, we thank you for joining us this morning. This is Dr. Donna Ganey, and I am here with our co-host, Minister Belinda McKenzie. And also we have Sister Spencer Tyler. And we're going to be talking about the end times again, and what is it going to be like? What will it be like in that time? Um, In these last days, you know, we have plenty of scripture to refer to. So we're going to be looking at 2 Peter chapter 2, where Peter is disclosing in the last days about the destructive doctrines, the doom of false prophets, or false teachers, and the depravity of false teachers, and the deception of false teachers. Um, so we want to take a close look at that so that we don't fall off into this uh, a decline and a demise before God. We want to be um, pleasurable in the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in this hour more so. Uh, so our focus for today, we, we're going to focus on Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and we're going to start off with the destructive doctrines, uh, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to talk about the doom of the false teachers, uh, for, verses 4 through 11. 
that same Second Peter 2. Now, uh, next week we'll be following up and moving on into the depravity of the false teachers and also the deception of the false teachers in verses 12 through 22. So we hope that you will stay on board with us and go back and listen to the archives as we've been discussing this for the last uh, three weeks, three, four, five weeks now. So we have been um, going over every scripture that we can find about the last days because we want to know what it's going to be like. And I hope you will continue to take a deep dive with us as we go through the Holy Bible and look at the full context as the Lord has given it to us for in his intent for our lives. Uh, before we begin, I'm going to ask Sister Spencer, can you please pray for us? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for allowing us to be able to convene under the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that caused all Holy Spirit to be Holy Scripture, God, to be written for our learning, God. We pray that we would diligently study your word to digest all that you have given us, God, so graciously. And we ask that we come into a knowledge of salvation and that your will be done in our lives, God. We ask that you open our eyes of our understanding, understanding. Prepare our hearts by the power of your spirit. We ask that you we receive your word with much joy and rejoicing, and that we leave don't leave uh, the same. That we have the, a deeper understanding of who you are. We ask that God that you shine your light on the word today and in, in our hearts. We ask that and thank you, God, for your word because we know that your word is truth. We know that your word is life. And it's a nourishment for our souls. It's a refreshment to our spirits, God. We desire to study your word uh, through the spirit. We desire to grow in grace. We desire to be spiritually mature in the faith that we confess, God. And we ask that you help us to press to the toward the goal of our high calling, God, to help us to look toward you in Christ Jesus. As we study your word, God, we say, may your name be exalted and lifted up because you alone are worthy of praise, God. You alone are holy and good, gracious and great in mercy, God. We ask that you open our eyes to see your truth, open our ears to hear your voice, open our hearts to receive what you have for each of us, God, and open our lips to only speak which glorifies you and your name. It's in Jesus Christ that we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen, amen. And before we start, I want everybody on the phone with me to say, I am kingdom empowered. I am kingdom empowered. Kingdom empowered. Amen. I am kingdom empowered. Hallelujah. And so we are here to uh, bring out the kingdom order, the kingdom mandate of God this morning. So we're going to read in Second Peter 2, and I'm reading the fourth chapters, and again, we're going to focus on uh, certain scriptures, certain aspects of it uh, this week, and we'll move forward into the other scriptures next week. So uh, chapter 2, verses 1, starting from verse 1, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Even denying the Lord that brought the, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow these promiscuous ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that again. And many shall follow these promiscuous ways 
by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in, into ashes, condemned them with an over, overthrow, overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should be should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked, for the righteous man dwelling among them, as seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walked after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despised government presumptions, or they self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. But, the, but these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves in their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and hurt they, and, and I'm sorry, and heart, they have exercised the covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam and the son of Bazor, who love the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are uh, carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure their lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, <laughs> were clean, escaped from them who lived who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are 
again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better if uh, for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is but it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And so that which washed to her wallowing in the mire. Wow. So a lot of deep stuff are coming from the Apostle Peter. And, you know, in the, in just this uh, verses uh, 1 through 3 where it's talking about destructive doctrines being delivered in the last days, uh, he says, but there was false prophets also among the people, even as they shall be false teachers among you. Who privily now? Because we're talking about the teachers now. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, that purchased them, uh, that paid the price for them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow the pernicious, pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with, with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So, <laughs> Sister Spencer, let's talk about that because... Um, you know, that, well, it's pretty deep. I'm just going to let you share what the Lord has given you out of that. Well, thank you so much. I, you know, I just want to thank God in this moment for delivering me from a religion who um, had a lot of teachings that were heresy. You know, when you, when who this religion didn't teach the Trinity, didn't believe um, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost in the way that we have come to know of them in revealed in scripture, did not believe in hell, fire, did not believe in uh, the immortality of the soul, did not believe that, you know, most that most Christians or believers would go to heaven, that only 144,000 will. Just a, a, a religion that developed in the 1800s, more far after St. Peter, who uh, wrote this, uh, wrote this passage. And I just, Thank God for delivering me to be able to uh, be in a position to be able to see him for who he really is and to be able to read his word um, by means of the Holy Spirit and not teachers, you know, who are teaching, as Peter is pointing out here, damnable heresies that lead you away from Christ. But, you know, I just like how he doesn't say that there is a question of whether you will hear the voice of false teachers. The way he talks about this as if it is a certainty that there are false prophets among the people, that there will be false teachers among you. And so even though um, as holy men from God, they spoke by Holy Spirit, who was moved by Holy Spirit, there were also false 
prophets and teachers then and there are here t- today. When you think about it, if you watch any TV program or you listen to radio or podcasts or keep up in the news or interact in depth with about just anyone in our society today, you are exposed to some form of false teaching. Even if you can't identify the voices as you hear as false, I know I didn't for a long time, but it, it's not because you aren't exposed to it, it but or that you're falling for it in some way. When you think about it, for most of church history, it took, you know, when you, it took extraordinary steps and energy to be able to influence a large amount of people. They had to write messages by hand. Teachers had to travel by foot or horseback. There was no cars in. There was no airplanes, printing presses, or websites or Facebook pages. But today, just about every false teacher has a platform or has a Twitter account or has a Facebook page. So we need to be on guard not only uh, when we should ask ourselves, you know, how do we discern the true teachers from the false teachers in a world like ours when it's so much easier to uh, spread false teachings? When you read here, like you said, it's deep where he talks about those shall bring in damnable heresies that they will be secretly working to do that. It is. It's not because their teaching is secret, but the deceptive nature of their teaching is hidden. No false teacher goes out and says, "Hey, I'm a false teacher." You know, it's something that is is destructive. It's something that they work at by telling lies about Jesus Christ and His finished work for us. And by those heresies, people are hurt and destroyed. I think I'm a living testimony of my life being changed and being destroyed by the the false teachings that I was uh, experiencing in my former religion. Heresy isn't har- a harmless thing, but it, it says that they even deny the Lord who bought them. You know, they appear to be saved, but otherwise Peter would never say that the Lord bought them. But at the same time, they're false and destructive false teachers. So it just made, I love this passage because, we begin the first step of us being able to recognize false teachers is not, we begin by acknowledging not just the possibility of false teaching, but there is a certainty of it. And we shouldn't be surprised to find false teaching in the church today because Jesus, I think we read in the previous weeks, or maybe read soon about how, you know, Jesus said that there will be false Christ and there will be false prophets and that they would he would they will perform signs and wonders and try to lead astray even the elect if possible. So we shouldn't be caught off guard that false teachers have arisen arisen throughout church history and, and probably have multiplied even in our day. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm loving the points that you're bringing out there and and it does, it refers back to Matthew 24, even as to what Jesus said. You know, he did say that it was going to come about. And it is dimensional because it's not only prophets, it's, it's uh, part of the fivefold ministries where the Bible discloses. And, and in this one in particular, uh, in the second Peter 2, he's referring to the teachers about how uh, they're coming out with false doctrines. And these false doctrines are all very destructive, destructive to the spirit, destructive to 
destructive to the body because God has given us instructions to follow that will keep us intact, keep us uh, the way that he has made us to be. In there. And he's the one created and formed us, so therefore he knows what is good for us. And so he's telling us the way to go so that we will not run into uh, error or destruction for ourselves. But yet, um, I think, you know, there's many reasons why uh, people choose to go over on a different path. Because if you notice at the end of this, although we're we're speaking about the destruction of the, um, uh, you know, the doctrine, them taking the doctrine and using it in the wrong manner and way, which, you know, we just talk about proselyting, you know. Um, so it's not happened since that people fall away because they never really actually came in and know the reality of God, know the reality of Jesus Christ and, and his truth and spirit. So this is why a lot of people fall away into apostasy. But if it had been that they known, you know, they wouldn't have done it. But these people who are teaching, as Peter is saying at the end, and he's also making references to, the, to some things that we also see in Jude, uh, one, we see that some of these things he's saying. So these these are people who, uh, and and also in Hebrews six, these are people who had salvation, who had known, had, who had tasted of his glory, and and they've gone into a perdition state or a rebellious state against the right. nature of God, uh, against the nature and grain of God, so that they can have their own agenda enforced in the earth. And so if, they, if you can keep the people unbalanced and not give them the reality of Jesus Christ, not the fullness of the word, then you can control them. You can manipulate them. You can make them think uh, uh, go up when God is saying go down. You can make them think go right when God is saying go left. Uh, so this is why it's so important for the body of Christ, those who are really seeking the truth and spirit of Jesus Christ, to know the word of God yourself, to get off into the word of God and not waiting just until on a Sunday or Wednesday or Friday to wait to hear it from someone else. The Bible says, be you, ye hearers and doers of the word. How do you know that you are exacting uh, what God wanted you to hear? How do you know that you're exacting what he wanted you to do unless you see for yourself because we are not in a, a season and a time as where we are relying on one single priest to be a guide for us. We are in a season and time when God has given us the opportunity direct to the Holy of Holies. Now we are to come together and fellowship together, but we are not to come and be subjected to one force of thinking and manipulation of the doctrine. Uh, Minister Belinda, please share what the Lord is showing me there. Yes, <clears throat> there's a lot in this in this chapter. Um, you know, he says he's the Alpha and Omega. That means that he's the beginning. He's the one that started it in the beginning, and he's going to be the end. And uh, he he tells us, you know, in the scriptures when he says false teachers and um, I like this scripture here. It says, uh, okay, um, verse 2, uh, no, verse 3, and through covetousness shall they with fringe ways make merchandise of you whose judgments now of a long 
time linger not, and their damnation slumber not. Okay, you know, through covenants, too, they've left the word of God for their own devices, and they're making merchandise, and you see that. It's like God's word has become merchandise, but it's not the truth. Uh, they're dividing up God's word for their own uh, need, you know, um, You'll see a, a, a lot of it today where uh, when they ask a certain thing, they void, some of them void saying that uh, 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 the scriptures that damn certain sins and they agree on with it. You know, they, they're, they're lying because they're falsifying God's word. But like Sister Donna said, for their own purposes. But we're responsible to read God's word and to know, and it takes, it, we're responsible to pray because prayer keeps a connection to God so you won't be deceived because God said he's a God that cannot lie. But if we choose to uh, uh, begin to lose sight and we, we want to pull towards another direction, then all of this stuff happens. You know, and those that know that knew God turned away and connected him, themselves to this falseness, you know, the doctrine of God. And when he gives all those examples that he's not going to even allow the angels, you know, he's not, he, he, Sodom, it talks about Sodom, you know, he destroyed those places. And if he did that, he's going to destroy the, what's false now. And he says they slumber. They, and they, oh, they're damnation and slumber is not. So if, it, if I'm reading this right, slumber not, they're not deceived. They're not asleep. It's one thing not knowing and then coming into the knowledge of God. And the scripture one, you, uh, we're just doing those to three. Uh, let, the, let the Lord lead you, Minister Belinda. Let the Lord lead uh, Verse 20. You know, this is serious. These are for those that knew God, had the knowledge of the word. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein. Now they have God has delivered them out of the the pollution of this this world. So He's brought them out of darkness and brought them into the light, and brought them into His knowledge of the Lord Himself and His Word. Because when you come out, you begin to know who God is. He builds a relationship with you. He He's your Father. He's going to train you up. In his knowledge and his wisdom and his understanding. He does not leave his people ignorant. So they obtain this, it says, and entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. So it's going to be worse for a person that has known God and then becomes, goes back into the world. Mm. Mm. For it has better for them not to have known 
the way of righteousness, that after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandments, delivered unto them. Now, this word has been delivered to them. God has set for them. This, this is scary. It has happened unto them according to the true, the true proverb. The dog is returned to his own vomit again. And the soul, and the soul that was washed to her wallowed in mire. Now, you, you look at that. I remember when God gave me that scripture and was, was telling me and warning me that why it's important to read his word. Why it's not to get trapped in things that's not of him. And don't give ear when you know there's some, God is showing you that this is false, not to give ear to it. For a dog to go, you throw up. When, and I relate it to myself. When you throw up, who in the world would go and eat vomit? But that's what God said. It's like a dog, and he puts it in a dog, a dog frame. You know, we in the world will call people dogs, like in a lower state. You do go to a lower state. Once you touch something holy and true and know that God is real, he is holy. This is like giving you uh, the most precious, I mean precious and pure gold. And God refers his word as, you know, more, more precious than gold and silver and rubies. We're not talking about uh, uh, um, they got like what they classify diamonds. It's so precise and so uh, valuable because of the cut. What God says is even more valuable than that. And then to go back and eat vomit. You become polluted when you turn away from the Lord and begin to uh, knowingly knowing God. Now, he, through the scriptures, on all of these verses where he destroyed Noah's time, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, he destroyed those places because of evil. And, uh, and evil is a, when you turn away from, we know that light is knowledge. And it's, it's a keeper. It keeps you. It, it, it nourishes your soul. It gives you understanding to divide between good and evil. But talk my God's word. So it's very important, you know. Uh, we will not escape this, but those that will hear God's word and stay faithful to it. But it's a constant thing of not uh, separating yourself from from uh, which that which is not true. And how do you know what's not true? By the word of God, by the spirit of God. Amen. And, amen. Amen, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, one of the things that uh, really catches me in this verse 3 is, uh, and um, our dear sister um, Spencer brought it out a few minutes ago, too. You know, it, it says, and through covetousness shall they uh, with same words, you know, and that's, that's like words that are fabricated. They're not actually yes. in the Bible. They're fabricated. 
um, make merchandise of you. So in other words, uh, they fabricated, not not to make merchandise of the word, but it says make merchandise of you, which is pretty serious because (laughs) fabricated words, Making merchandise of a person, that means that everything that you have coming in, even from the physical to a spiritual point, is like everything you have coming in, it, it will flow right out for the benefit of those fabricated words uh, from that in, individual that is producing it. And it says, who judgment now is a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Um, and and you would think you wonder if anyone ever read this word of God and that would be teaching it that they would want to consume the fullness of it and and accept what the Lord is saying for their benefit too as they're teaching it because this doesn't it it doesn't even um, you know it refers to us too as individuals as we are teaching the word of God. Uh, are we doing it for our benefit, or are we doing it for uh, the body of Christ's benefit? And and that's where, where it makes there's where the division comes in. That's where it makes a difference in the teaching as to whether or not it's to make sure that we do not fall, or that whether or not we want someone to stand faithful in the Lord in the truth and spirit that they they will not go into destruction. So we're not saying this to anyone out there. I mean, I mean, if you messed up, the, the whole thing is to do is to come back to the Lord and Savior and do what is right. If you haven't passed that level of being perdicious, you you will desire to repent and change. But if you're in perdition and in rebellion, then, of course, you want to take other people along with you to where you're going because you know you have passed that point. And you would despise those who teach righteousness. And and that's where we're going into now. Um, unless uh, Sister Spencer, did you have someone uh, something else that you wanted to add before we move forward? Well, I was just thinking about what you and uh, Minister Belinda was saying that the best way to guard yourself, like you said earlier, is to know the word for yourself. And that is something I didn't know for myself. I didn't know the word for myself, so I was easily deceived by some of the things that I was being taught. And so the best way to guard yourself against falsehood and false teachers is to know the truth. I know when I worked in um, the bank, we had to look at counterfeit money to be able to identify the real money. But mm. I'm learning to spot out a counterfeit that you can study, to learn to study the real thing. You know, any believer who correctly handles the word of truth and handles the word of God aright, who makes a careful study of the Bible, can identify false doctrine. You know, so, for example, a believer who's read the activities of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, will start to immediately question anybody who says any doctrine that denies who Jesus is or denies uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in that way. So one one way to be able to do that is to study the Bible and to judge all teaching by what the Bible is what the Bible is saying. You know, even Jesus said um, in Matthew, I believe, that when he was talking about being us being aware of false prophets that come in sheep clothing, he said we will recognize them by their fruit. He repeated that actually twice. 
And I think it's because so, so we won't miss it, he, that we will recognize them by the fruits. And when we think about that, his warning might sound clear and simple at first, but when we think about it, trees don't bear fruit overnight. You know, eventually how the fruit wow. will become manifest. But mm-hmm. And when it does, you know, like in Luke it says, what may begin as whispers in a private room will soon be enough to claim from the housetop. So we should not only pay it to be careful to what we teach, but what we're receiving as teaching and paying careful attention to what we're teaching others um, because false teachers might be difficult to recognize in the moment if you don't have your personal a personal relationship with Jesus. If you don't have – and sometimes it's hard because you don't have access to their personal lives. You don't know, you know, how they really feel doctrinally about some of the things that we know to be – you know, essential doctrines of Christianity, and maybe it hasn't manifested publicly in the way they behave, because uh, usually how they're living um, gives you an indicator of whether or not they are even saved themselves. And we may find that difficult to kind of know whether or not they're true, but time will tell. They will be known by their fruit, not just by the fruit of how many people they're filling up the churches with, quantities and numbers, but the quality of their message. And like Minister Blinder was saying, or I believe it was you, Donna, that, you know, these are fabricated stories, basically stories they've made up. So the true teacher, you know, sources what he says from the Bible. A false teacher relies on his own creativity and his charisma and makes up his own thing, makes up his own message. So to determine who is authentic and who is counterfeit, you know, we have to remember that a true, true teacher, Jesus Christ, will always be central. You know, for a false teacher, Jesus is at the margins because they want to elevate themselves. You know, so they, where it talks about they will secretly, you know, introduce damnable heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them. It's rare for a person in church to just openly deny Jesus Christ. You know, you never. It's it's rare for someone to just stand up in church and just openly deny Jesus Christ. It, it begins with a movement, you know, away from this Jesus Christ being central. It's often like really subtle. The false teacher would speak more about how other people can change your life, but if you listen carefully with what they're saying, Jesus Christ is not the essential or the central part of their messages. That was exactly. what I was kind of thinking about. As I was listening to you guys, you know, you know, mm-hmm. they talked about when you talk about they want to control you, you know, and I think it's in the first chapter of Peter, he, he says that they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to depravity. You know, they you, for a man to be a slave to whatever matches him. So a true believer escaping is escaping corruption, while the counterfeit believer is mastered by it. So we have to think wow. about what kind of message, what kind of people does the message produce? Does it produce godly people? Does it produce people with self-control, perseverance, love? You know, counterfeit Christians or counterfeit messages or false teachers, they're experts at slandering. You know, you see an air of arrogance. They're experts mm-hmm. in greed, like you said. And mm-hmm. so, we, it, you know, in my walk, I'm 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 learning to be sensitive 
to the leanings of the Holy Spirit because for me, it's, it's kind of personal. I don't want to be deceived again. That was not a good feeling. It, it made, um, and it norm, you know, it's not a lot of people in, you know, you know, I don't want to describe, I, well, my religion is sometimes described, my former religion is described as a cult, you know, who you have a few outliers, you know, cult leaders and people in high control groups um, where, you know, people recognize them as not teaching mainstream doctrines and damnable heresies, you know, such as the cult that I came from that didn't teach that Jesus was God. Um, yeah. But, um, you, mm. or didn't teach that, you know, the hell was didn't exist and, you know, that sort of thing. You know, you have those extreme groups, but who, that you know, like the one that I came from. So when I'm in my walk, it, it's, it's really crucial for me when I chose a ch- fellowship, when I chose people to bring around me in my personal life, you know, even some of the sermons that I listen to online, you know, sometimes I've I've listened to sermons and I've heard a few things, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know if the Bible quite says that, or I'm not really sure that's supposed to be interpreted that way, or like you said, that it's the original intent, as you normally say, Donna, of what God is saying. You know, mm-hmm. they often mm-hmm. do it subtly, just twisting a few words here and there, just to, you know, I was listening to a sermon the other day, and, I, you know, it's the air of arrogance and the self-serving, you know, attitude of this oh. pastor, it, it almost was like a stench. And it, immediately I was able to say, you know what, no, I'm not listening to this. I'm turning it off. You know, and, and I think it, what it was, it was that, number one, he didn't quote one scripture in the hour, you know, almost wow. hour that he talked. And mm. he was very, you know, sometimes people think charisma is anointing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm learning that just because a person is charismatic doesn't mean that they're anointed, you know, yeah. that they can get up on the stage and work a crowd, you know. Wow. And he was just, it was just, you know, some of the, what he, he used one scripture, the scripture that he did use, you know, in the beginning, it was just to, at the end of it, he was using that scripture to be able to uh, plead to the congregation for more money. And as as I looked into his background, because I was just so fascinated, cause I don't know why his particular sermon came up in my orbit <laughs> as I was trying to search for sermons. And then I looked out, and he was just a person, a pastor that was in a scandal after scandal, scandal after scandal. And I just uh, thought to myself, you know, for me coming from the religion I came from, well, as I, I mentioned before on your program that I'm a former Jehovah's Witness, coming to the church, I, I don't know – I just had this thing that, uh, well, they're not teaching these outright damnable heresies like, you know, no hellfire and God is not, a, you know, Jesus is not God and stuff like that. But so it was my first experience being feeling like, you know what, even this is not quite right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, I'm learning, like uh, Minister Belinda saying, as being able to know the word for yourself and being allowed the Holy Spirit. Spirit is a teacher. Yes, know? he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, you know, being very careful about certain preachers. And I don't like, you know, I've noticed in our culture of social media where people, you know, slam pastors all the time. It's just like a thing that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't believe in touching God's anointed, but you do have to be very careful 
because you are you leaving away because your flesh feel good. You know, it's a different event again when you leaving away because this pastor is saying something to make you feel good as opposed to actually hearing the word of God. Mhm. Mhm. Uh you know, absolutely and um when we talk about fabrication, you know, even fabrication because when when the Lord, you know, tell us something that there will be um false prophets, there will be false teachers. Um, we can't say that he was saying bad things about pastors and teachers and apostles. And, you know, I think he was warning us uh, to keep our eyes open that this thing exists. And all of us have been, probably I would say most of us that are on here now have been in places where we our eyes have been opened up and we realize that, no, this is not in the word of God. And I can even tell you of a situation where I was told that um, uh, Apostle Peter, uh, I mean, not Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul is not here. So, you know, what you're talking about as far as in the word of God, don't bring that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I remember being behind closed doors where it said, it's about getting the money. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, these things actually exist, and I'm not saying it uh, to discredit anyone in particular or to say that we shouldn't uh, go to church because there are some, uh, there are ecclesia. There is a body of Christ out there that is assembling to seek the Lord. But we also have to be aware, just like our, 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 Jesus Christ said, our Savior, our Yahshua HaMashiach said, he said that there will be false prophets and there will be false teachers. Now, if if we don't open up our eyes to see it and we choose to remain blinded in it, then we are the ones that will be, um, as as Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, we will be desolate and following after things, even though that we know deep inside of us that it's not true, it's because we are enjoying it. We we are uh, sitting in it like we wallowing in it because it's more of a, uh, has become more of a convenience or it has become a pleasurable thing to us because we're, we're not receiving what Jesus said, repent because the kingdom of God is nigh. We're not receiving what uh, um, John the Baptist said, repent because the kingdom of heaven is nigh. We're not receiving that, you know, get your house in order because God is coming, because Yahshua HaMashiach is coming. Now, this word is what what uh, was inspired by the Holy Ghost. The New Testament is proven to be written and inspired by the Holy Ghost. Either the apostle wrote it or an associate that was with him was ascribing it as they were moving along, but it was inspired by the Holy Ghost. So God gave us this word to say, open up your eyes and and, and look for these things that when you are in the midst of the ecclesia that you're not getting, you, you're not being made of merchandise that you're not being uh, brought in, into the chains of darkness, that you're not in a bondage of something that is not of God and you, you feel uncomfortable, but you think that it's right because someone has told you that, but you haven't read the word of God yourself. Now, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know Jesus Christ because they just heard that 
pastors are no good. But that's not true because not all pastors are bad. Not all teachers are bad. Not all apostles are bad. Not all prophets are bad. So I beg you to read the word of God to know yourself and to know based on, as as, um, Sister Spencer was saying, there are certain things the Bible will tell you to open your eyes for to see. And if you read the word of God, you will learn and you will know the the Lord, which, which is very critical in this hour because based on what we're just reading here, these are things that we see in this day and, and, and give us an idea that we, we're facing last days. We're facing the last days. How long will the last days last? We don't know, but we know that uh, it is promised that Yahshua HaMashiach is returning. Okay? So um, if we get to verse 5, it says, and spare not the old world. You know, because, well, let me go to 4 first. It says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bring in, uh, bringing in the flood upon the world of ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's going on and he's saying if he did all of these things to at that time, why wouldn't there be destruction again? Why wouldn't it come again? And, and, and if you read on down to verse 11, you know, and he continues on saying all of these unlawful deeds and all of these things going on, and he brings it out and he says, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. Now, is he talking about um, a regular, in, in verse 10, but chiefly uh, them that walk after the flesh and the lust of the uncleanliness and despise government? He's, he's not talking about all teachers. He's talking about uh, teachers that are, are um, speaking of people who are really uh, according to the structure of the body of Christ, but not the hierarchies of this world. Because when God is speaking, he's referring to his own form, because Jesus is the what? The governor. He is the mighty governor. So God is speaking of his own kingdom structure here. He's not speaking of a, a, a structure that is external because when the apostles are writing, they write into who? The body of Christ. They're now writing to the, the world. Okay? So we have to, first of all, get a clear understanding of who God is talking to. And, and then in the book of Jude, he brings it up also, speaking evil of dignities. And, and uh, so I just wanted to bring that out that we're, we're not talking about a, a government of this world. We're talking about a government of the kingdom of God, and Jesus is the mighty, Jesus is the ultimate governor of his body, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, let's, let's talk about this, uh, starting with Minister Belinda. God is good. You know, uh, there's always, always, from the beginning of time, been a remnant of people that chose to listen to God, to, to believe the truth. So they exist. And there's always been a remnant that have chose some new God and chose to go back in bondage uh, because of their sin, 
their rebellion and those that went in falsity but came out and repented. That example is all through the scriptures. And correction, because this word, God is, word is telling us what is true and what is wrong, false, and warning us not to go there, and saying that uh, those angels were reserved for judgment. And the word of God says we will all be judged by God. Every living single human being shall be judged by God. And uh, when you go, and, and, and when we're saying that, I don't know why people will call judgment talking about somebody. You know, you're not. The word of God is for correction. It teaches us to stay away from stuff. It teaches us that if we do these things, this is the accountability that will happen. I, and when y'all were talking, I thought about when God says, deny yourself. This is a commandment from God. Deny yourself and pick up your cross. He's not talking about this individual, this person, or group. He's talking about, when I say individual, he's talking about ownership. A person. Deny yourself, pick up your cross. This, this means that you will stand before God. And give account. So it's a personal thing. You know, and uh, I also thought about this, this that happened to me because I was told, you know, well, you're, you can't touch the anointing and you're talking about something. Okay, then let's use the script, the uh, story of David. Now he was king. He had authority. And God sent Naaman to him. To tell him about his sin. Was Naaman talking about him? God was correcting him. Telling him, I've called you to lead my people in righteousness. That was an accountability to God. And David did wrong. So is, I've heard this say, uh, well, touching up my anointed. Every person in position in God's kingdom is held accountable by the same spirit. There is no high archery that you cannot be subject to God's spirit or his correction. And people will use this thing of, uh, of uh, using God, using the word incorrectly and falsifying it. I had someone tell me, and this was a prophet, touching up my anointing. But see, the word of God and studying with God and, and God teaching me, let me discern between the two things. And they were using it in a deceiving way to control people. And I looked at my brother and I said, I'm not touching the anointed. I'm touching, and I said these words, your mess. Because what he was trying to tell me was not of God, and it was his own thoughts, his own uh, belief system that he was trying to put it under that cloak of profit. He was lying on people and wanted me to agree to something that I knew the character of that person, knew it was false because he was a prophet. And I told him, I'm not doing it because the word of God says, do not bear false witness against somebody. 
And I corrected him. I said, that is a lie. And I don't know why you're doing that, because you know better. Touch not my anointed. I said, I'm not touching your anointed. There's a difference. And I fear God. But what is not true, I will not agree. And yes, I will tell you the truth by the word of God. Amen. I just want to speak to the, you know, what you're saying here, because, you know, our leaders do need to be held accountable. And we should not hold them in such a high esteem that we are, uh, we give them a pass on what Christian living is. You know, we need shepherds who know Uh themselves first, foremost, as sheep first. And not, yes. and then secondarily as leaders and teachers. So the shepherds should smell like the sheep because they live and they walk among the sheep, not just, uh, not just as if they are separate from the uh, of the flock. And they do need to be, you know, held accountable. Those who, you know, the few that are out here, you know, teaching or twisting the word of God for their own gain. You know, false teachers are not just false in their teaching, but they can also be false in their living. You know, I think one of the things that is common um, when you think about false teachers throughout history, what they've shared in common is not the specific nature of what they're teaching or the false teacher that they're teaching, but the fact that they fail in their lives morally. It seems like that is the common denominator of, of all those who are, you know, out here exploiting the flock for the game, you know, using yeah, – I was reading the, the other day about a, a a leader who was in hot water because he was asking his flock for a two – like a, a $100 million jet. He said he needed it. And obviously when you think about that, I was thinking that when we looked at verses, I think it's 14 and 15, where it talks about – or verse 3 – maybe, that in their greed they will exploit you. You know, when you think about their falseness, it, it comes out in in sin, you know, sin against themselves. You know, like you said, what that uh, prophet was asking you to do, to sin against others, to sin against God, you know, whether they uh, compromise, you know, you hear some of the, uh, the pastors, or, or, you know, among other body of Christ, so they compromise in sexual ways, whether it be scandals or fornication or adultery or homosexuality. But in Second Peter 2.10, it talks about that they will also despise authority. And the greatest authority who uphold all authorities is God himself. So, you know, like Donna was saying, we know that Jesus is, you know, the head of this, of the kingdom and that when you look at second Peter two, nine, it talks about how the Lord knows how to rescue those from trial. So no matter how twisted the teaching is, no matter how publicly shamed the church might feel, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, when they may feel over maybe an expose of an unethical leader, no matter how dark the days come and, and no matter how many people try to pervert the, the gospel, we have a, a hope, like it says there in Second uh, Peter two nine that we read that the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, 
and to reserve the unjust unto the day of the judgment to be punished. You know, many people are affected by false teachers. You know, I you know, for the particular religion I came from, we were told that, you know, going to college against the Bible and that, you know, going to college or pursuing secular education was a bad thing and that, you know, God wanted us to divert all of our attention to knocking on people's doors and giving people these magazines as opposed to actually reading the Bible to people, but, you know, that's neither here or there. And, you know, that is something that stuck with me my whole life. I just thought college was a bad place and that Satan was there and that he was going, he was turning people away. It was just this whole big, you know, doctrinal error or teaching that they had. And even coming out of that, I'm just saying, like, even in a fleshy way, not just the spiritual way that I was affected, you know, it's making my life a lot harder because, you know, school is something that I always wanted to do, but had I thought, had I known that God would not have punished me, you know, in a severe way, you know, we were told, like, dying in Armageddon for associating with people who are not fellow Jehovah's Witnesses, I would have went to college. I would have had, you know, would not be scraping out a life for myself right now or trying to scrape out a life for myself now at 40 years old thinking about going back to school and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, teachers, false teachers, you know, when they twist the word of God, they not only affect, you know, your spiritual life because you don't, they don't direct you to Jesus Christ, but they direct you to themselves. They you they make you believe that somehow depending on every word from their mouths, is is what gives us life when we know that's not the truth. You know that the truth is that living on the word, every word of the of the Lord is what gives life. You know, I, I you know even in the realm that I'm in now, you know I have to guard against. Well, I hear a lot of time. Well, my pastor said. You know, well, my pastor said. Well, my yeah. pastor said, and I think to myself, well, what does the Bible say? The word of God you know. Said, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Before you know it, you start repeating things that you think is actually in the Word of God, and it's not. It's not even it's there. Not. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because because let's look at Jesus, and he was the great shepherd. Um, Jesus is the great shepherd, and um, look at his. his how he did on the earth, you know, he surrounded himself with key figures that was of an inner circle. And um, he did go in the midst of the sheep, but he didn't stay in the midst of the sheep. Amen. Because Amen. Even, he left, even he left that inner circle and went off to live, you know, to spend some time uh, seeking the Lord, which is a great example for us. And when he did come back in, with the uh, when the multitude would come around him, remember the multitude was such as is that one day they saying, "We love you, we love you." The next day they saying, "Crucify him, crucify him." They saying, "Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest." And the next day they're saying, "Crucify him, crucify him," and they are crucifying him. So, yeah. you know, so we have to define who the sheep is. And he said, my sheep shall hear my voice and they shall follow, number one. So we, not everything is sheep. 
And if mm-hmm. we don't get that straight in the first place, we'll be devoured by some wolves. And 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 uh, the autumn leaves that blow in the midst of the camp. If if we don't be careful, because like you said, the word of God can be. Um, we can hear things from um, uh, pastors for years. I mean, we traditionally have been formed in our mind to think a certain way with so many cliches that. Um, if we don't take some time to really get off into the Word of God, we we will miss and we will lead people in the wrong direction. So when we, when we look at Jesus Christ, again, he had an inner circle, mostly the twelve, but there were seventy that was following him before then, and then they they broke away. So yep. it's not about the multitudes. It's not about really you know focusing on the the you know, our, what our desire is for the multitude, but it's focusing on what God's will is and who who is there to listen and hear and follow. Because not everybody is going to follow and eat that word, and nor they will know what they want to drink the cup. So and the, the cup is so deep and profound, and it says, Bible says, the deep searches out the deep things of the Lord, but many are called and few are chosen. And so we have to accept those things and uh, wallow in what does as the Lord and know our place from his will. And that, that, like Minister Belinda said earlier too, prayer, prayer. Uh, yes. And communication with God and waiting for revelation. Yes. And staying off of his word, we'll get his uh, sovereign will out of it. Because um, some of these things that that uh, the fabrication of the word is dangerous. It's dangerous to a person who is apostolic and very dangerous to a prophet. And you rarely will see prophets lingering around in the midst of a multitude. You rarely will see prophets lingering around in the midst of the multitude because a genuine prophet, um, they, 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 like I was saying one day about Elisha, when uh, Naaman came, Naaman didn't get off into even though he wanted him to be free of, you know, the Lord led him to uh, tell him what to do to be free of his leprosy. He did not mm-hmm. enter off into his camp, okay? Yeah. Because the prophet knows that there are some things that that's spiritual that if you allow off into your camp, it will destroy you, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and and the Lord will lead you in that way. So you have to know what thus says the Lord, especially more so in this hour, because if you mix off in with a multitude uh, and, and there's going to be tares, there's going to be wolves, there's going to be goats that look like mm-hmm. sheep in the midst, uh-huh. and, and, and you will become so contained, contaminated that you, you, you'll be like Lot, as the Bible is saying here. Like Lot, mm-hmm. he, so Peter is giving some examples. He said he spared not the old world, the old world. Amen. But saved Noah, the eighth person and a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood mm-hmm. upon the world of the ungodly. Now, Noah was preaching righteousness, and you can't preach righteousness without justice. Because they, they're both, you know, um, the same. And it re- it brings in holiness. 
And we know what it's like for God to be holy, okay? So mm-hmm. that means he, he's pure in truth and, and, and righteousness. And and so in 6 it says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with with an overthrow. So we know what it was like in Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it, I mean, Lot was just so confused off in there. And mm-hmm. it says, but yet he delivered Lot out. And 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 Lot had left with Abraham, so therefore Lot had a consciousness of what was right. He knew what was right, but he was dwelling in uh, a contaminated area. Said and delivered Lot vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. So if he had remained off, you know, being off in the environment of such, Isaiah himself said in Isaiah six, he said. After he came in the presence of the Lord, after the death of died, he said his, his mouth was filthy. He became aware that something was wrong with him. So the closer we get to God, we realize there's things about us that is not right. We also realize the same familiarity with someone else. Okay? So we have to be careful when we're saying, you know, uh, there's so many things that have been said over the years. For long, many years, and and this was what's going on back in the time when they were coming across the uh, the wilderness. There were things that you know they were still clinging to to Egyptian ways. You know all of these worships and of other gods and all of these systems and things that functioned in that environment. They were carrying it with them, and God was breaking it off a little bit at a time, breaking it off. And eventually, it got to a point that some of them didn't make it in to the promised land. Okay, for various reasons, and we know by the word of God what they are. But then when we also look in, in the book of Judges, even though they were living in the promised land, they become they became confused again in the book of Judges. Okay, so we have to begin to uh, take in this, consume this word, the depths of it, and, and understand what thus says the Lord. What is he, what is his intention by this word? And, and what does it mean for us in this hour, you know? So um, that's where I will say. Now, there's going to be times and seasons that we, we will uh, have set in certain environments and, and understand. We, we begin to see the trend of deception. We begin to see uh, some of these things that God is talking about. Because here's Noah is, he's preaching righteousness, but I'm sure that, you know, there were a lot of, that he said there was ungodliness in that midst. And, you know, we all know that Noah and his his uh, children were saved, his wife was saved, his daughter-in-laws were saved. And he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened, and went to ashes. And and they were all condemned except for Lot and his household. And the the wife of Lot, the wife of Lot. She turned into a pillar of salt. You know, two angels are taking you out in the physical. So how contaminated was her mindset? How contaminated was her uh, physical and her her, uh, soul and her her spirit? How contaminated was it to the point you have two angels walking you out in the physical and telling you, don't look back because if you do, (laughs) they, they warn her. And so she turned into a pillow of salt. Nevertheless, her she had a bond or she had a familiarity with that place that 
you know, she couldn't resist turning back and looking at what was happening to it. Maybe she had friends there. Maybe she had the belongings. We don't know what it was, but even Jesus says, and, and I want to say in Matthew 25, don't look back like Lot's wife did. And how many are doing that right now? How many are looking back because, you know, they're preaching the word of God and they're looking back because this is more of an easy way out. This is huh. this is a a place for me to uh, be at an advantage or to sit in high places. I I I, I can't go back to driving a car with the the dent in the side and I I, uh, I have to open up the handle, you know, because you hear so many people in their arrogance talking about that they're on such a high plane, so. They're much better because they drive a, a new vehicle, and, 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 you know, I can't go back to living that way and do what is right in the eyes of God, you know. So what what uh, how do you reach a person like that that have already made their mind up that that's the way that they're going, that, that they're, they don't choose to be sheep, they don't choose to be uh, the, uh, a part of the government of the body of Christ, they have made a different choice. And God, Peter is telling us to open our eyes and see, based on what he's saying in this word, what we're dealing with in, in not only uh, in this hour but in the last days. And he said he was, uh, Lot was vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. What kind of conversation could the wicked have? That's some serious stuff. Uh, that is different from a child of God. What what is so different about this conversation in this hour that that uh, many people feel like it's okay to do? It's okay to say. And and for the righteous man dwelling among them in sin and hearing, vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So even though he was in the midst of that, there were there were things that was going on in that environment that will vex a, a, a true person, a person who's walking in the truth and spirit of God. It will vex you, and it will grieve you to see the the decline of the body of Christ, and 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 it will keep you in the right standing with God because you you won't be able to take it. You won't be able to take it. There will be things that you will see on TV or things that you will see outside that to you, if to see somebody getting killed in this hour for that, that person who is really seeking God and, and, and laying and wallowing in him, and then it, it's detrimental to see someone get murdered. It's detrimental to see uh, someone in, in, you know, the, the sickness that is increasing in the land and the pestilence and and all of these things that are going on, it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see it because it, Paul, Peter, Paul said in uh, Romans 9, he said, I wish that it could be me instead of you so that you would be saved instead of me because he, he didn't like it. It wasn't what he wanted. He wanted everybody to be saved. He wanted his brothers to be saved. He wanted the Gentiles to be saved. So in eight, in eight it says, For righteous men dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul for from day to day with unlawful deeds. And the Lord knoweth how to deliver the 
ungodly out of the temptation and reserve the un- unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. So there is also, even though that there's going to be a people that will be saved, there's going to be a people that will be judged, even though that they don't, they, they're not seeing it now. It, it doesn't mean that the day is not coming. And, and if this were really admonishing us to remain on the right track, is it admonishing the body of Christ to if, if that if you haven't totally just gave up and said I, I I want to put on this ring and follow this group in this crowd so I can sit in high places? Um, if you haven't went that far, it's giving you an opportunity to say no. Let me stay over here with my God because you know He saved Elijah through a famine. Can 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 anyone that is not in God be saved in that hour? Not by his word, I don't think so. And so it says, but chiefly them that walk in the flesh and the lust. I'm reading in verse 10 of uncleanliness and despise government. So they they really despise the truth, uh, those that walk in the truth and spirit. And desire the things, the de- desire the things of God. Now, are those people that are walking in the truth and spirit, do they make mistakes? Yeah. But you know, the heart of Lot was that these things don't feel right. It's vexed. It vexed him. It vexed him. He was in the midst of filthy conversation, and it vexed him the fact that. Someone is fabricating the word of God that is taking it out of context. Now. Uh, is God merciful and compassionate to those who sin? Yes. As we will be, we will say, okay, you made a mistake, but now it's time for you to repent and get back on course. Okay? So am I saying that I'm I'm uh, I'm better than anybody? No. But I, this is a warning for me too. And I, I, I don't want to ever be in the point of despising the, the government of Jesus Christ. I don't want to ever be there, and I don't want to teach someone else to be that way either because I know the judgment is coming. Presumptions are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil. Who are the dignities of the body of Christ? These are the ones that, chosen, that have chosen to go with him all the way. They have chosen to be a part like the 12 disciples that said, I'm I'm going to go all the way. Did the disciples make some mistakes? Yeah, Peter. He was self-confident. He, he said, I will not, I will not do that, Lord. I will not uh, deny you three times, you know. But now that we know what Peter did was in, in, in his self-confidence, what do we do? I, I want to lay at the feet of the Lord and say, Lord, let, never let me deny you. Because we want to do what's right. It says, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. So we have um, some serious things going on in here. And, and he's given us clear examples of what, uh, what, what happened that made God bring this destruction uh, in the earth. And, and it wasn't just one time, it was many times that God uh, destroyed certain areas because it became so filthy. It became so filthy. 
and and I I believe that people that was to be righteous became wicked. So we have the doom of the false teachers that we're talking about, and people are being destroyed. Um, Sister uh, Spencer, please share with uh, your final words in that area and um, as we get prepared to uh, go to the end. Thank you. Well, I just, you know, as a final thought, you know, we should not be ignorant. You know, as the Bible tells us at Second Peter 2, 1, that there will be false teachers among us. And we we just reminds us all the more about how the church needs to be protected from false teachers because in the uh, here we're we're told that many will follow after them. So it's not just distressing that these false teachers would be in the midst of, of some of these ministries, but many will follow after them. That's a lot. And so when we think about that, we these people may seem to be the nicest of people, but we would want to make sure that when we're following leaders, as we, as we discussed today, that they believe in the authority of the Bible, that they believe in salvation in Christ, and that even as you talked about earlier, Donna, even skeptics will always sometimes be able to point out the hypocrisy and inconsistency in the church. They've always done it, and they always will. But one of the strangest reasons for not following Christ sometimes go like this. You know, I've seen people in the church who are hypocrites. So when you think about that, you won't follow Christ because some people who claim to do so are hypocrites. When you think about that or run into that or the next time you meet someone hiding behind this excuse as a reason to not fellowship with the body of Christ or the ecclesiastic, as you stated, we can point them to Second Peter 2.1 to let them know that Peter warned us and reminded the church that this would be something that will be happening, you know, that that is not a good reason to reject genuine Christianity because you ran into the counterfeit of you ran into false teaching. So Peter essentially tells us, of course, there are false teachers, false Christians. Of course, there are teachers who are in the body who are trying to do more harm than good. But when you think about it, what else will we expect in this fallen world? You know, we just need to mature spiritually, don't be naive, and and don't miss the real teachers and the real pastors who are handling the the God and apostles and teachers and prophets who are handling the word of God aright. Not to miss out on that just because you've seen false teachers. Absolutely. Uh, as we uh, clearly said, there is an ecclesia out there. There are people who are seeking the Lord and desiring to worship Him. Feel free to call us or, or go to our Facebook uh, page, uh, Kingdom Empowerment Magazine, and message us. If you're looking for a Bible uh, teaching church, if you're looking for 
a, a place where you can actually learn the Bible and have and and that's going to direct you toward Jesus Christ for growth that will help you to learn your talents, gifts, and abilities to function as a disciple for the body of Christ. Uh, reach out to us, and and we will be glad to tell you where um, some of those places are where you can actually be saved by the word of God. But your first, um, you know, endeavor should be for you to read the Bible yourself and learn. And even when you hear a scripture, read the word of God yourself. Read read the full uh, chapter to get what God's sovereign will is out of it for yourself because it is purpose for you and it's in purpose and destined for the whole body of Christ to be disciples of the living God, sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ throughout the world, and not just for one country, but for the world, because God came to save all. Um, Minister Belinda, please uh, share your final words with the body of Christ. Yes. Uh, my, you know, having a relationship with God is very important. Having a God train your ear to hear the Spirit is very important. Noah had an ear to hear God, and he followed him for what? It was a long period of time. And because he had that ear to listen to God, God gave him the instructions how to build that boat, but it kept him. Abraham had an ear to hear God, and it made him follow God and follow the instructions. No matter, you know, uh, I give witness to this word. I uh, uh, developed a friendship with a person, and for years, they helped me when my car broke down. They helped my children, and I grew to love them. But they were coming under a cloak of deception for their own gain. And the hurt was so bad when God uncovered it. I wanted to move from the church, move away from Christians and all of that. But because of that relationship with God, God came and sat down with me and spoke. He said, Belinda, who came and saved you? I said, God, you did. Who gave you the revelations? I said, you did. Who has kept you, Belinda? Well, no man kept you, and I provided for you and children. He erased all the people and what he personally did. And he said, did I offend you, Belinda? I said, no, God. He said, did I lie to you, Belinda? said, no, Lord. He said, who saved you? Who do you serve? Said, you, Lord. And I had to give that hurt and that pain to God because God did not deceive me, man did. And then God healed me and, they, and allowed me to forgive that person. And they paid a price for it. They're no longer here. So, Everything that this word says is real. And it's for those that I say, if someone has hurt you and offended, don't make your offense your God and cost you your salvation. Because all of us will stand before God and be judged. I would have no excuse if I walked away from God. Because that scripture says, what sin has easily uh, befalled you? What could hold you and stop you from God? Serving him. Lot chose to hear when he saw the angels. 
What caused his wife to turn her head back when she was given in instructions not to? You know, and, and it's another thing that the Lord told me. He said, Belinda, I had a choice, and God let me know I had a choice. Because of the love for that person, would I choose him over God and believe a lie and follow it because all the others were following it? Some had left and have gone. They were hurt so bad. They don't go to churches. And God said, who do you love? I said, Lord, I love you. And that meant keep that ear open and keep being obedient to me. Keep following me. We are going to be offended. We are going to be hurt. But God gave an answer to that. This word, it, this, this scripture is teaching us that these things will happen. But what remnant will you be? The remnant that chooses to go to God no matter what? Those disciples were offended. They were killed. All manner of things happened to them. But they chose to follow the course. They didn't say the road's too hard. They chose to stay on that narrow road. That's all I got to say. Amen. Absolutely. You know, I want to say this again. All of the New Testament books were written either by an apostle or by traveling companions. Uh, most of the time, scribes. Um, commissioned by who? Jesus God. Christ. Jesus Christ. Yes. So the New Testament has been pre authenticated by Jesus Christ. We it's not by man or by woman. It's pre authenticated and, and the word is what it is. And it's given by the Holy Ghost and recognizes our divine scriptures by every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's written and received by the authentic Ecclesia. Those assembled to worship God in truth and spirit. And again, I say again, it is global. It is not in one territory. The word of God is for everyone. And so we can't uh, say we're going to exclude this people and we are the only ones. We can't do that because there's many of prophets out there. I mean, there there are some children that are prophetic. There, there are some children that are coming up as David, <laughs> King David. So we, we can't say who is who and who is not, but only by the Holy Ghost we know because it was given unto Samuel to go anoint uh, King David. Um, so God will use his vessels, and he will speak to through his vessels, through the word of God, and he said, my prophets shall prophesy by my word. And it is by the word that we are delivered um, from destruction. It is by the word, and Jesus is the word. He was the word in the beginning, and so shall he be in the end. So it's entirely inherent. Um, it's a part of our rule of faith. And it's also our abode to practice faith in. So when we look in John sixteen thirteen, we can see Jesus Christ shared the the Holy Ghost will guide us in all truth. He will tell you the things to come. 
Therefore, we're relying on this Holy Bible for revelation of the last days to come as the Holy Ghost grants us utterance. And so that's why we focus on, we're focusing on the last days now in these series so that the body of Christ can be awakened to discover what thus says the word of God. Now, um, yeah, we have a lot of false things going on out there, false operations, but it doesn't mean for you to stop seeking that vote uh, of faith, the one that where the word of God is. It doesn't mean for you to stop doing that because there are some um, real, there always will be because he said that, he, that's what Peter said in here. He said there will be some people that are right, that are, are seeking righteousness. There will also be some people that are, you know, that, that are false. But it's up to us to know God's word in order to define that. And so um, some may say we see these things happening now. Yeah, we do. We see them happening now. But I believe also that some of these things were happening then. The question that lies in our heart is, are we in the last days? And we should always be pondering on that with God. Um, in Second Peter two five, where it says Noah again is referred to a preacher of righteousness. Well, the Holy Bible says, "Woe unto them that make a way right that is wrong, and woe unto them that make a way wrong right." That's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah five. Amen. It says. Verse eighteen twenty one through twenty one it says, Woe unto them that draw iniquity with the cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. They say, Let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. So it's like they're blaspheming and saying uh, if if he's there, let him come. If he's coming, let him come. Well, God said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and, and put darkness for light and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Now, don't be on that side. It's better to come to the light while there is still, while you have breath to breathe. It is better to come to the light because even though Man. we don't see Jesus right now, you know, we, we it tomorrow's not promised. There's a whole lot of people didn't wake up this morning. And God, thank you for the grace for giving us the ability to do so, to have another day of mercy and compassion in you. Um, that we can do whatever we can right now to get it right. So many do not like to hear a preacher of righteousness in this hour. Why? Hallelujah. Why? Why? I ask the body of Christ, why? Why? I want everyone to reflect on why would you not want to hear a preacher that is preaching you righteousness when Jesus Christ came and said, repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh. When John the Baptist came and said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is nigh, and you say that you love Jesus, why? Why would you not want to hear a preacher of righteousness in this hour? 
The righteousness of God is revealed. It's revealed in two ways. By punishing the wicked for rejecting the righteousness of God in Christ. And we can see that in Psalms 11, 5 through 6, where it says, Lord, the Lord crieth the righteous, but the wicked okay. and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and horrible tempters. This shall be the portion of their cup. Now, why why would you not want to hear about righteousness? Is it because, you know, we we are enjoying uh, the pleasures of this world? Mm-hmm. And it's too much to think about righteousness right now. And besides, I've you know, I've tried it and it didn't work. Well, we're not relying on our own righteousness. Mm-hmm. So the other way is by rewarding the righteousness who were made, the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So he will reward the righteous who were made, the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So he will try by justice, and he will also try by righteousness. So in Second Corinthians five twenty through 21, it tells us, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, and though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ said, be ye reconciled to God. And that's our prayer for you. Be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it's not your own righteousness. It's not your own righteousness. But if you reject Jesus Christ, there is no righteousness. Amen. The righteousness of a God assures man that God is just. Just. So we can't say, why would he do this to, or why would he see this one good and see this one bad? You can't say that. You have no right to do 